You know, just like Dave said last week, we began to look at, for the outset of 2020, I really felt that the Holy Spirit said to me, how's your spiritual sight, Faye? How is your spiritual sight? And he began to just remind me about the situation I went through um, just before Christmas with Vertigo and how my whole world got turned upside down. My world was spinning. And it was actually as a result of problems that I had within my body, within my teeth I had excruciating tooth pain that was impacting on my ears which was impacting my sight and last week we just began to look at the fact that you know what is God set out in the physical also is represented in the spiritual and we began to look at and just reflect upon the things that can impact our sight you see as we head into 2020 God wants us to have great vision he doesn't want our perspective to be slanted at all. He doesn't want us stumbling in the dark. He wants us to see clearly the way that he has things planned. So last week we began to look at some of the internal factors within our life that perhaps could impact our spiritual sight. And you can pick that up via YouTube or podcast if you need to remember it or if you weren't in last week. And today what I want us to do, I want us to look at two aspects. I want us to begin to look at what are some of the external things that can perhaps impact our vision. And then we're going to go on to look at what should we be seeing? What is it that God wants us to see? So I want us to begin to think about external factors. You know, you can't see in the dark. It doesn't matter how well you know something. If it's pitch black, you will not see. If we were to put the lights down now and it went pitch black and I was to ask you to go and greet somebody six rows behind you, you'd really struggle. Even though you know roughly where they're sat and you know them, you know their face, in the dark, you're not able to see. You know, sometimes there are circumstances in our lives, external circumstances that can cause us to not see as clear as what we would want. I can remember a number of weeks ago driving into um, the office and there was this deep mist that was just down and it just made things that are normally very easy to see, it just made it impossible to see. And you, as a result, my whole pace had to slow down as I tried to navigate navigate myself in through this real misty situation. You know, sometimes circumstances in life can be like that. External hindrances can be there to kind of slow us down or to knock us off track. So what do we do when darkness comes? What do we do when there are obstacles, when there are obstructions, where things are not as clear for us? What is our frame of reference in moving forward? Does God say, well, when things are dark, when you can't things see things as clearly, I want you to stop and retreat? Is that what the Word of God says? Well, you know, when I look at the Word of God, I love that the Word of God actually directs us in these moments of how we can live and how we can walk. And we're going to begin to look, and you'll know this scripture well, at a hundred, at Psalm 119 verse 105. And it says, your word is 
is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. So when we find that circumstances of life are coming to try and cause us to be in the dark, cause us to knock us off guard, what we can take from that is that actually we're not having to rely on those external factors, those external landmarks to navigate us through the walk that God has for us. Because actually the word of God is there to be a lamp and to our feet and a light for our path. So as Christians, God really wants us to know his word well. Because it's not going to be the latest magazine that's going to navigate us or the latest self-help book or the bestseller in the bookshop that's going to help us navigate when we're facing the dark seasons of life. I'd love to say, do you know what? You're always going to be able to go through a really great season full of light. But the reality is sometimes circumstances come and it can cause us to not see things the way they should. But God doesn't say lose hope in this. He doesn't say, oh my gosh, you'll have to sit down now and not do anything until the darkness goes. No, he says, do you know what? As Christians and as believers, we are to rely on the word of God to light our feet and be a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. And as we carry on doing those things that we know we should do, even though we may not be able to see exactly where we're going. As we uh, allow the word of God to illuminate our path, we will be continue to take ground. We'll continue to move forward. You see, the Christian life is all about moving forward. It's all about apprehending those things that we've been apprehended for. So we've just got to keep on standing on the word of God. So when the word of God says to forgive, we forgive. When the word of God says to do something, we do that. And you may say, fair but do you know what? My circumstances are really overpowering. And we get that, don't we? There are times in our lives where circumstance would cause us to be completely knocked off guard. And we know the word of God, but we're like, why aren't we seeing it? Why aren't we seeing this happen in our lives? Why aren't we able to navigate the path as well as we would want to? Well, I want to encourage you from the scripture to keep holding on. This is what the word of God says for you and me. In 2 Corinthians 5 verse 7, it says this, For we walk by faith and not by sight, living our lives in a manner consistent with our confident belief in God's promises. We live by faith and not by sight. We are not people that are reliant on the physical senses and reliant on the things that are favorable for us to walk through. But no, our journey is a faith journey. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. And as we walk, we are going to lean in and live our lives consistent with our confident belief in God's promises. Hebrews 11, one, you'll know it well, says this. Now faith 
is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So when you're in a dark season, it's faith that apprehends and it's faith that allows us to see those things that God has promised for us. I love what it says in the Amplified Version of Hebrews 11. It says this, Now faith is the assurance, the title deed and the confirmation of things hoped for divinely guaranteed divinely guaranteed this is not a paycheck from your husband or your employer this is a divine guarantee and the evidence of things not seen the conviction of their reality faith comprehends this fact what cannot be experienced by the physical senses Faith comprehends as fact what our we cannot see with our physical senses. This journey that we are embarking on is full of excitement. It's full of excitement where we think, Lord, I am going to dive into your word and I am going to take hold of those promises. And my circumstances may not seem to be aligning to the word of God, but actually I'm not going to allow my circumstances to dictate what I believe God is saying I am going to trust in what the word of God says and I am going to attach my faith with that divine guarantee that's promised because of what Jesus did on the cross and I am going to apprehend everything that God has apprehended for me what is it that you have need of is it is it healing in your bodies is it salvation what is it that you have need of today God's word encourages us to apprehend by faith those things that he has laid up for us. So I want to encourage us, whilst last week we looked at things that maybe are going on internally we need to readjust, this week I want to encourage us to see with the eyes of faith. To see with the eyes of faith. We're not people that live according to physical senses, but we see with the spiritual eyes of faith everything that God has for us. So you will know that the Bible is filled with promises for your life. And my encouragement to you would be to keep on diving and make a daily commitment to the word of God because it is the only thing that will guide and navigate us through life. It is the only thing that will instruct us and show us how we can live the God-centered, the God-given life that God has given. And I would encourage you, you know, every time I read the word of God, I get excited. My spirit gets excited. I read these words and I'm like, wow, you know, God is living in us. Jesus is living in us. And we just need to feed ourselves with the word of God, feed ourselves with the word of God, and then flesh it out, walk it out, walk it through and say, do you know what? If God says this is for me, then I am going to receive that by faith. And I believe that I am going to have it because this is the divine inheritance that God has laid up for you and I in Christ Jesus. So I want us to begin to look at now for the moments of this morning, what does spiritual sight look like? And there's lots and lots of things that can be said about this. So I'm just going to look at just a few aspects today. But as we begin looking, what are our spiritual eyes looking at? 2020 vision. 
the ability to see well and to see clearly. What are the things that our spiritual eyes and the direction that our sight, our spiritual sight is going to take us? Well, I want to begin by saying our spiritual sight will see the strength and the power of the salvation that we have received. And I believe that's a really important basis from which to start. The gospel's not weak. The gospel is not weak. It is the power of God unto salvation. And your salvation is not weak either. What God did for you and I is powerful. And we need to start off on that, that firm footing that we really do have confidence in the Jesus that loves us and the Jesus that laid down his life for us. So I want to encourage you, Dave ministered this before Christmas, but John 1.5 says this, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never distinguish, extinguish it. Talking about Jesus coming from heaven to earth, the light Jesus being the light of the world, it says he, his light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. You know, it doesn't mean that there aren't battles and obstacles, but today, rest yourself in the fact that, do you know what? God wins. Jesus, uh, Jesus has done it all. We are on the winning side, and the salvation that he has laid for us is a firm footing that we can place our life on. Colossians 1.13 says this, For he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness, and he's transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son. When you and I said yes to Jesus, there was a transfer that took place and it's not a faulty transfer. It's not that we say, oh Jesus, we believe in you and some people get transferred over to the kingdom of light, but others, their, their declaration wasn't strong enough. No, the Bible declares when we make a decision to follow of Jesus, we are actually transferred from the kingdom of darkness and we are placed into the kingdom of of light and that is powerful because it means his salvation is not defective in any of our lives the salvation that he has laid up is for all of us and it is so powerful in Ephesians 1 17 to 19 it says this I always pray that God the God of our Lord Jesus Christ the father of glory may grant you a spirit of wisdom and revelation that gives you a deep and personal and intimate insight into the true knowledge of him for we know the father through the son because we've accepted Jesus and I pray that the eyes of your heart, the very center and core of your being may be enlightened, flooded by the light of the Holy Spirit, that you will know and cherish the hope, the divine guarantee, the confident expectation to which he has called you. God wants us to have hope in what he has called you and I to, not some to, all of us to. And it says, it's the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, which is God's people. And so that you will begin to know what the immeasurable and unlimited and surpassing greatness is of his active spiritual power that lives in those of us who believe. It's simple, yet 
so profound. We need to know the assurance and the strength and the salvation that we have had laid up for us. If we are to walk clearly, we need to know that. You know, as we walk on that basis and we say, this is what Jesus has done, and I believe that what he's done is powerful and it has the ability to transform my life. As we do that, the next thing in our walk that I believe that we really need to keep in our spiritual sight is we really need to keep our eyes focused on Jesus. We're great at wandering sometimes, aren't we? It's easy to, to just get kind of dazed by the flashing lights of things going around us. And what we experience today is no different to what the children of, uh, children of Israel experience. It's no different to what we see the believers in the New Testament experiencing. We're great at sometimes getting distracted, but we need to keep our eyes focused on Jesus. John 8 verse 12 says this, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. I am the light of the world. What does it say next? He who follows me. You can't follow someone if you're looking in the direction behind you. You can't follow if you're like, oh, and they're going there and you're kind of, now if you're with a crowd of people, potentially it's possible to get bumped in the right direction by accident. But it's really clear, he who follows me shall not walk in darkness. That means that we have a choice to make. We do have a choice to make, and you may say, oh, but yeah, but Faye, I'm saved now. I made that choice, and that's great. We did, but listen to what this says in 1 John 1 verse 6. This is the message we heard from Jesus and now declare to you. God is light, and there is no darkness in him at all. So we are lying if we say we have fellowship with God, but go on living in spiritual darkness. We are not practicing truth. So there is an ability as a Christian to be a lover of Jesus, but maybe not a follower of Jesus. Because in 1 John, it says that we're still walking in darkness. Well, how can you walk in darkness when you've received the light of the world? It's all to do about focus and following, isn't it? It's all to do with lordship. It's all to do with actually chasing after things. And if we're to see and apprehend this Christian life that God has laid up for us, we have to set our mind to be so focused on our precious Jesus. And this world is great at trying to lure us away. But we have to make a decision as believers to say, my eyes, my focus, my attention is on him. Matthew 6, verse 22 to 23 says this, your eye 
is a lamp that provides light to your body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is filled with light. But when your eye is unhealthy, your whole body is filled with darkness. And if the light you think you have is actually darkness, how deep that darkness is. I read those words and are so sobered. In the verses prior to that, it talks about where your treasure is, your heart is. And after it, it continues to direct us because our hearts can be captured by so many different things. But the sobering thing for me there is when we actually think that the darkness that we're seeing is actually light. When we when we're actually think that we're seeing light and we can see light and the focus is all about Jesus. We can walk as children of light by focusing on Jesus. And that leads me on to my next point. We focus on Jesus and when we have spiritual sight, we will walk as children of the light. Do you know in doing this study on spiritual sight, I am overwhelmed by the amount of scriptures there are that talk about light. I'm overwhelmed. Like literally, there is so, so many. And darkness. I am overwhelmed by this. Because God wants to illuminate our path. God is the light of the world. He wants to illuminate our path. You can only see clearly based on the amount of light that comes into your eye. Just like I said earlier, if you don't have enough light in you are seeing things, you know when it's dusky in the morning and it's the sun's just coming up, you don't see things as clearly as in the, moon, uh, in the noonday and sun because you haven't got that level of light to illuminate the things around us to bring perspective. Now we've got to just make sure that we continue to walk in the light of his word so that we're not kind of seeing but not seeing clearly. And we're to live and our lives are to reflect the light of Jesus within us. You know, when we accept Jesus, our lives are changed from the inside out. In Philippians 2 verse 12, it says this, Dear friends, you always followed my instructions when I am with you. And now that I am away, it is even more important. Work hard to show the results of your salvation, obeying God with deep reverence and fear. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. When we have the light in us, our lives will show that in the way in which we live. And this isn't about us cleaning up our own act. 
Because I love that in verse 13 it says this, For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. This is not a self-help book when we get ourselves sorted out. No, when we accept Jesus and when we follow him, it's God in us that actually gives us the power to live as children of the light. We are to live as children of the light. He wants our lives to live and he gives us the power to do that. In Ephesians 5, verse 5 to 10, talking, it actually heads up children of the light. It says this, imitate God therefore in everything you do because you are his dear children. Live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us a pleasing aroma to God. Let there be no sexual immorality, impurity, or greed among you. Such sins have no place among God's people. Obscene stories, foolish talk, and coarse jokes, these are not for you. Instead, let there be thankfulness to God, you can be sure that no immoral, impure, or greedy person will inherit the kingdom of God, Christ, and of God. For a greedy person is an idolater worshipping the things of this world. Don't be fooled by those who try to excuse these sins, for the anger of God will fall on all who disobey him. Don't participate in the things that these people do. For once you were full of darkness... But now you have light from the Lord. So live as people of light. For this light within you produces only what is good and right and true. Carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Walk as children of light. For this light within you, again, this is not about us changing ourselves. This is about the light that is found in, it, in us as a result of the Jesus being our Savior and Lord. He changes us. He transforms us. And this light, do you know what? The reason why this light is so important is because it impacts everybody around us. You know, in Matthew, you'll be aware that it says we're a city of a hill, a light. Don't hide your light. Do you know what? God's got only great things for us. And sometimes we know that we need direction. And I'm so glad that the word of God gives us direction. I'm so glad that the word of God tells me not to be greedy. Because it's easy to be greedy. Let's be honest in the world in which we live. Our world is based on consumerism. It's all about take, take. How can I build my empire? How can I show? But no, God says, don't do that. Walk as children of the light. Walk as children of the light. So that live as people, children of the light. Do what's right and true. I'm so glad that God gives us his word to instruct us and say, do you know what? As children of the light, oh, as children of the light, sorry, not the, the light, as children of the light, this is how we live. I'm so glad that God does that. 
I'm so glad that he's really clear in saying, do you know what? Obscene jokes, sleeping around, actually that's not God's best for us. And the reality is when we were in darkness, we know, knew no different. So we did what we thought was best at the time. But as we walk and step from a place of darkness into his kingdom, God says, do you know what? You don't need to do that anymore. There's a better way. There's a higher way. There's a way that's not going to corrode you inside. You know, all of those things that I read there, is there anything in those list of things that is there to really make us better people? Foolish talk, obscene stories, coarse jokes, immorality, impurity, and greed. Are there really any things there that if we were to focus on them and to take them to ourselves, are we going to be enriched as people? We're not. And sometimes we hold on to those things like God is robbing us. But what, he's not robbing us of anything. These things in and of themselves are designed to break us apart because they're based out of sin. These things are part of the sin nature. And if we allow sin to lead us and guide us, guess what? We're the ones that end up in the mess. So let's not hold on to things where God's giving us direction and think, oh God, it's so nasty to me. No more obscene stories. No, no more obscene stories. Now, I just find that quite funny because like, this is like thousands of years ago, 2,000 years ago, this is being written and it was happening then. But just like, we don't need it. So don't nurse the things that are actually going to lead you on a path to destruction, but instead say, God, what? I get to live like a child of the light. I get to live in a new way. I get to live a clean way, live clean and innocent before God. Oh, yes, I'm in for that. Oh, yes, I'm in for that. What does that look like? What does that look like? Because give it to me because I want it. Give it to me because I want it. Do you know what? If we will embrace that way, that God wants us to live, we will see our lives flourish. We will see our lives abound. We will see our lives go from strength to strength, glory to glory. We will see the light that is, is working in us when we choose not to put a basket over it in our lives and think, oh, well, you don't have to deal with that. No, let the light out and let the right way that God's called us to live and shape the way in which we live. 1 John 2 verse 7 to 8 says this, Dear friends, I am not writing a new commandment for you. Rather, it is an old one that you have had from the very beginning. The old commandment to love one another is the same message you heard before, yet it is also new. Jesus lived the truth of this commandment and you also are living it. For the darkness is disappearing and the true light is already shining. As we walk in love towards one another, just as God commanded us to do, he commanded us one thing, to love one another as he loved us, which we know in John 13. And it says, so I am giving you a new commandment, love each other just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world 
that you are my disciples. To me, that's light shining. Your love for one another will prove to me that you are my disciples. It's not natural to love people that annoy you. It's not natural to love your enemies. It's not natural to forgive people that have hurt you. But do you know what? This is what God is saying. Let me allow this to work out and through you. And in 1 John, it says this, for the darkness is disappearing as we choose to say, Lord, I am going to love as you have loved, it's the darkness is disappearing and true light is shining. So God's command to us is the basis from which we can really begin to move in any other aspect of our life. And that is by loving one another. We are to walk as children of the light. And we, we are to see clearly. How can we see clearly? By knowing what the word of God says. And let's maybe begin by looking to love one another and walk as children of the light. You know, another thing that we will see clearly with our spiritual eyes is that we will see that there is a world in need of a savior. Clear vision, spiritual vision, will make us so clear on the fact of our purpose. In 2 Corinthians 4 verse 13, I love that it says this in a passage, and I've only caught a glimpse of it, but I love it. But we continue to preach because we have the same kind of faith the psalmist had when he said, I believed in God, so I spoke. I believed in God, so I spoke. You know, when we have asked Jesus into our lives, when his light floods our life, we can't help but speak to other people about the Jesus that told us everything that had happened in our life, just like the woman at the well. We cannot help but tell people about the Jesus that's changed and transformed our lives. In 2 Corinthians 5, verse 18 to 20, it says this, And all of this is a gift from God, who brought us back to himself through Christ. That's what salvation is, isn't it? Us being brought, being brought back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us, not the preacher, not, not a select few, not people that are connect group leaders or people that lead a team. No, he gave us, all of us, this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. When we speak for Christ, oh, we speak for Christ when we say, come back to God. When we see clearly, we will understand there is one reason why we are still left on this earth. It's because there are billions of people that don't know him yet. And the reality is that God gave his life for you and I. Now we, 
by God's grace, have found Jesus. But now our task is to go out and share Jesus. We need to be, you know, we'll grow spiritually, but do you know what? Never discredit the fact you can have asked Jesus into your life today and you can go and speak to somebody else two minutes later and lead them to Jesus. There's no kind of tick box exercise that says do these 10 steps on the list and then you're well enough to go and start telling Jesus. No, it's just people got saved, they got baptized, they started telling other people. They got saved, they got baptized, they started telling other people. They got saved, they got baptized, they started telling other people. Oh, but Faye, I'm not very good at saying things. Hey, I'm in there with you. I've been Googling this weekend how to introduce a conversation to somebody I've never spoken to about Jesus. I'm doing, I'm there because I'm like, okay, I can speak to my unsafe friends, but Lord, what people are passing me all the time. I need to be equipped to just be able to speak to them, to let them know about Jesus. Because if they're passing me, what if I'm the last Christian they pass before they end up? What if I'm the last person? No, I'm there thinking, Jesus, you need to help me. But the great thing is, is the gospel, like I said, is not weak. And in our stumbling, it doesn't mean that any, we're being ineffective. God's not looking for our effectiveness. He's not looking for us to be the know-it-all. Listen to what it says here in 1 Corinthians 2 verse um, 1. This is Paul speaking. Now we know the Apostle Paul. He wrote a lot of the Bible that I've quoted to you today. And it says this, when I first came to you, dear brothers and sisters, I didn't use lofty words and impressive wisdom to, t to tell you God's secret plan. For I decided that while I was with you, I would forget everything except Jesus Christ, the one who was crucified. I came to you in weakness, timid and trembling. This is the Apostle Paul. He came to people, we think when we're reading it, or I certainly do, oh, he was, you know, he knew so much, da, 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 da. No, he came in weakness and trembling. And my message and my preaching was very plain. Rather than using clever and persuasive speeches, I relied only on the power of the Holy Spirit. I did this so that you would not trust in human wisdom, but in the power of God. God does not call the equipped. God does not look for the ones that know how to speak eloquently, that know how to persuade. No, God equips the called. Each one of us here today are called by God. And because we're called by God, he will make sure that we are equipped. And do you know what? He's not looking on us to rely on our persuasiveness when we share our faith to lead somebody unto salvation. Bible's really clear. Let the Holy Spirit do that. Let the power of God do that. Do you know what? I get so encouraged when we've been reading our stories books to listen to people like Jerome talking about going to visit Manina, who was in a Christian family. He was not in a Christian family. I get encouraged reading that when he pops to the toilet, he'd see the Bible there and he'd start reading it. 
unsaved, nobody talked anything about him. And the power of God transformed him through reading the Bible. The Holy Spirit, the power of God, the gospel is the power of God into salvation. He doesn't need us to trick people into salvation. Let his power be demonstrated. All we need to be is the mouthpiece. And if we see clearly, we'll see that we have a mission from God, and that is to share the word of God. Sharing our faith is not a suggestion. The Bible does not say, well, and if you find the time or if the opening is right, then let them know about Jesus. No, like Dave said today, we know that the Bible has given us a command, a commission. Go into all the world and preach the gospel, making disciples in every nation. That is what he said. It wasn't a suggestion. It's a command. And do you know what God loves? He loves people that obey. He loves people that obey him. If you love me, you will obey me. If you love me, you will do what I ask. When we have clarity of sight, our hearts will burn for the lost. And I'm praying day by day. I'm like, Lord, the other day I came home from work and I'm like, Lord, I am just going to start knocking on my neighbor's door. Because when am I going to see somebody when I've been in a church office today? When am I going to see somebody that I can share my faith with? So I thought, right, well, I will create the opportunity. So I walked up to the door and I knocked it. And I'm like, Lord, I am going to make myself feel uncomfortable. I am going to make myself because there are lost people that don't know that there is a Jesus that's laid his life down for them. And we've got one commission whilst we're here on this world, and that is to go and let people know about the greatest story, about the greatest thing that's ever happened to this world, and his name is Jesus. And for me, I'm like, Lord, let my eyes, let my heart burn to want to see souls saved. To want to see souls saved. There's nothing like it, is it, in sharing our faith with somebody. So today you may be here. I know for me, I'm like, Lord, help me in this. But today you may be here and say, Faye, you talked a lot about Jesus, but I didn't even know that Jesus was somebody who wanted to be in my life. Right now, I'd love to give you an opportunity to invite Jesus into your life as your Lord and Savior. Like I said at the beginning, Jesus is the light of the world. Those who follow him will live in the light that he has called us to. So right now, if you're in this place, pray this prayer after me. Say, Jesus, I need a Savior. I cannot navigate life on my own. Please come into my life. Save me of my sins. I want a new life that can only be found in Jesus Christ. You know, if you prayed that prayer, at the end, at the back, we've got Bibles, and we would love to give you a Bible completely free of charge. 
And we would just encourage you to come back to church. Come back. Begin to find out more about what this wonderful life is that's found in Jesus. And for those of us who have accepted Jesus into our lives, let's ask the Lord to show us and help us to see the world the way that God wants us to see it through the power of what he's achieved to walk as children of the light to have a burden for those who were not yet in the light who are stumbling in darkness in need of a savior let us ask the Lord to work that out in and through us because he's got great things in store for each one of us in 2020 he wants to mobilize us as a church to share his gospel to share his word to share the riches of all that he's done in our lives with other people so let's pray that God will show us and help us to live the way he would want to in Jesus name